That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Infamous, I would say Tom Rainey is here from previous episodes. Oh, infamous. I don't like this. Infamous. Uh, no, Nate actually, is infamous. Nate is infamous. Tom yeah. Rainey is beloved. <laughs> I'm going with beloved. Uh, you might remember Tom from his uh, wrestling theme music episode, uh, wherein our Thomas called The Undertaker's opening music uh, national anthem, <laughs> which is one of my favorite moments of, of our podcasting history. It was very great, but I want to welcome... Mr. Tom Rainey back. To Thank the show. you. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, yeah, the other ep- maybe it is, inf- maybe I am infamous because the second episode I did was TV theme songs. That's right. And the amount of text messages and messages I got of songs I left out, I want to remind folks I know there's thousands of other TV shows, but for the purpose of the podcast, I kind of had to narrow it down. So you got, you know, you're always going to get it wrong. I got destroyed. Secession is up there. Especially that's a, that's a instrumental theme song category that is just playing in my head all day long now. That's a good one. That's so good. Tom, what did pe- what did people say you got wrong? Well, they just said that because I think kind of I was focusing on like seventies, eighties, nineties, and everyone's like, "Well, what about after that?" I'm like, "No, I know, I know." There's like great songs beyond the nineties, um, but yes, yeah, like Succession came up. A lot of the streamers, you're like Sopranos, basically your HBO. Game mm. of Thrones came up, which I disagreed with, but no, yeah, no. exactly. But yeah, I, I, plenty of messages from people who I have not spoken to in a long time that I'm like, this is your, this is the point of contact <laughs> that we're going to make. Hope everything is okay. Also, you got this wrong. But your whole, the whole point of that episode, if I remember correctly, was it had to be an actual pop song. Like it had to be a song with lyrics and like an arrangement, not just instrumental or classical theme music but a pop song am i wrong no no you're right which is why i thought it was funny when someone's like sopranos i'm like that may be the furthest thing from that is (laughs) an existing song too they didn't they weren't like hey fellas write this song about james gandolfini driving in his car which honestly had they done that i would have covered it on the last episode oh it's great it's truly great yeah um i am going to just briefly interject and mention that this is the losing my opinion podcast i am succession watching uh indie artist niagara moon aka thomas Irwin. i am disappointed succession watcher thin lear aka matt longo and tom rainey we've already introduced <laughs> and uh we just pretend that we're funny but uh tom has uh written for vulture other other comedy outlets mm-hmm. as well in the past he's a comedy wonderkind uh, we need some fresh energy in here. We're getting too too stuffy, too stifled. So glad to have you back, Tom. I would also like to say I'm I am make believe funny as well. I don't. <laughs> no. Here we relish the art of the surprise. Uh, we're coming in today. Well, two of us at least with uh, music to share. The art of the deal. Uh, yes, the art of the deal is is included in that. We have points to make today, songs to share. Uh, nobody else knows what to expect. Going in blind mm-hmm. and putting each other on the spot. Uh, speaking of getting it wrong. Uh, got a lot of texts last week on Thomas's very piping hot My tantrum. takes. I don't know if Tom, I don't know if you heard it, but Thomas, well, we'll skip the whole Dr. John thing. Cause like, just forget, forget it, forget that. Uh, he chooses to, in, in trying to go after late period Dylan, which I think is like 
not a hard thing to do. Like it's pretty divisive work. He chooses to, instead of going after late period Dylan, goes after like mid period classic 90s Dylan, like the one album mostly everyone is in consensus on, like this is a great record, goes after Which that. I still don't understand. Gives up halfway through and starts talking about older or newer records. It was just, it was a crazy experience. That's like the guy getting, like in the, if you ever seen The Jerk with Steve Martin, where mm. he's like kind of like leaving the house at the end and he's just taking one thing at a time and he knows he's failed and he's like, oh, I need this. And he just picking this, up a random thing. This chair and this <laughs> pillow. That episode yeah. also came out on Bob Dylan's birthday. I saw that the next day. I, I saw that. It was, that was very funny. Did you do that on purpose? Uh, no, but it was a nice little serendipity there. I still, I don't know how he's legally allowed in front of a microphone with the voice that he's had for the last 30 years. It shouldn't be allowed. Do not understand it. This guy's doubling down. <laughs> fucking, no, all right, yeah. We're moving on, uh, moving on. Uh, can I also just say that, speaking of getting it right, uh, Pitchfork... The beloved uh, music website that we really just love a lot on this show. I, we talked about Sheryl Crow's second record, uh, like I don't know, a month and a half ago or something like that. We we're talking about how it's forgotten, very edgy, and I saw they, what they do. They reviewed it last week as part of their like we're, we're trying to bring it back series, and it's like who did it first though? We did. Yeah. We we rode that wave for anybody. So y'all are like the pitchfork of podcasting? We're the pitchfork of po- Even though they have a podcast, we're the pitchfork <laughs> of podcasting. And we give that record in, a 9.6. It's pretty good. Yeah. You all actually, bringing up uh, Cheryl Crow, I, your James Bond episode sent me mm. down a rabbit hole Uh-oh. of going back and watching so many James Bond movies the last month. So thank you. It's been fun and annoying, um, but it's been <laughs> a journey nonetheless. So thank you for that. They are occasionally good movies, once in a while. Well, I'm glad to have you both here today. We're going to kick into it with a segment of mine. We're keeping it fairly light here today. I'm not introducing anything uh, too crazy. Okay. Uh, In fact, the songs that I'm going to play for you both and for the audience, everybody's heard these. Oh, thank God. (laughs) And in fact, that's that's the thesis of, uh, of today. These are some of the world's have you heard these songs uh, these are some of the world's most overplayed songs okay the first second you hear the first one you're gonna be like oh yeah okay like you just you can't escape them they've been in the ether forever you know your elbow accidentally nudges the radio dial they come on and uh so i I have four total that i want to share we're gonna just go bing bang boom uh two of them i think despite all that exposure and constant repetition, I still can get into. There's something about two of these songs that I'm never going to get tired of them. Do you have a reason why? Like, do you do you have a thought we'll, as to why? We'll see. I, you can help me pull my thoughts together here. I, I'd be curious okay. to see if you both agree, where you differ, uh, if we can kind of pinpoint anything specific, any qualities that come out uh, with these songs. Two of these, I'm so done with. All of them, I would have said initially, good songs. I'm not showing you crap here i'm showing you well presented well written music but we've we've two of these songs at least now just feel like punishment 
uh, for me. Good or great songs? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Matt and his Whoa. criteria. The guy okay. loves criteria. <laughs> they are deservedly ubiquitous pop super hits, all of them. But two can we of them, can we guess which ones you love? And we, like, can you not tell us? And we'll we'll be like, sure. oh, you love that one. Sure, we we can do that. We'll we'll get into the first one here. We'll we'll okay. just dive right in. I'm going to play. Oh, and also I'm not counting Christmas music or anything that's like specifically tied to an event or, you know what I mean? Like these, these songs just exist on their own momentum. <laughs> oh, I see. As, I see why you brought that up because it's like, okay, we get like a year off in between. Yeah, some I'm of not these doing songs, all yeah. I want for Christmas is you. That's a different deal. That, that's well, then I'm not interested category. in your thesis. <laughs> <laughs> so the first super overexposed world's most overplayed song here. Uh, we're gonna go into the Monster Mash. <laughs> oh, I I could do with more. I Monster love that Mash. song. That's a good song. Uh, I could definitely do with more of that. No, I'm talking about Boston's "More Than a Feeling." No, oh, that's a uh, that's actually a really <laughs> good choice for this discussion. Yeah. Before you play it, I know Matt can identify with this. That is a song that was played on like yeah. K Rock or 104.3 in like, the everywhere. New York. Tri- yeah, but it's just like I feel like it's one of the top like five in rotation for these two radio stations in our area for so, all the radio stations anywhere as far as i can yeah. make out no no this is a new york specific <laughs> no no they don't play it outside of new york we know that <laughs> this this is a deli song if you want to talk about deli songs this is a deli song right here this is a gym song this is a subway song this is a doctor's office song this is anywhere you go subway the deli public. subway the <laughs> subway <laughs> we'll listen to the song first and then we'll get into uh, thoughts and feelings more than thoughts and feelings. Oh, sorry. Priceless. I already have a feeling about this. Speaking <laughs> of feelings. <laughs> Air guitar is not only allowed but encouraged. Tom's got it. I miss the days where you could look like a professional bowler and be a huge pop star. I was going to say, if I saw the lead singer on the street and I didn't know who he was, I would say he looks like the lead singer of Boston. All right. Yeah, this still, for me, is very listenable. I I still enjoy this for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the vocals are just fantastic. Angelic. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's over the top and and perfect in that way. It's like a a gymnastic kind of (laughs) vocal line where it's just like, you know, you're waiting for his big moments. And uh, I also love... I don't remember where I read this. I don't know if it's true, but it's true in my mind of like the rhythm guitar in it was influential for Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, yeah, you hear it. I can hear totally. 
it's just so catchy and fun and enjoyable and glossy in all the right ways. And um, no, this this still uh, holds up for me and is still infectious. So I I fully understand your thesis now because that song is one that I love and I can't listen to it at all anymore. <laughs> it's even listening to it now. I'm like, I know I really there's a point in time where I love this and I was putting it on all the time, but it has been beaten out of me as the years have gone on. Beaten out of you. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Tom, I am the same. I recognize this for a very impressive piece of pop rock songwriting. Tom Schultz fiddling away for five years in his basement to get everything just right and a huge accomplishment. And I think that we need to chill with playing the song for a good 10 years. It needs to go off the rotation. Do you think... Do you think there's something inherent about this song that if it didn't get the radio play it did, you could still feel that way? Because I feel like it's mm. it's like a non-offensive song. It's it's doing all the right things, but it's not yeah, doing it's, anything special for me. Yeah, it's not sexy. It's uh, maybe the vocals. It's that certain kind of, you know, we were talking about the guy's appearance, but just that like 70s white guy falsetto where they're really pushing it, and maybe something about that vibe gets a little... I normally don't like that. Here, I like it because I think it's a really well-written song. And this, there is something about his voice that it's not... It's over the top, but similar in a way that, like, uh, what's his name? Steve Perry, like the, the guy from Journey. Like, I, I understand that they veer towards cheese, but, like, I kind of don't care because it's just... It's so enjoyable to listen to them sing... I would kind of put them together in terms of their vocal quality and how much I enjoy it. There are others, like, I don't know, the lead singer of Kansas or Mario Speedwagon or whatever, where I, I, I'm not as into it, but, like, that style you just referred to. For, the, for these folks, it mm. works for me. All right. So that's uh, two against one four with uh, more than a feeling. Two against nature. <laughs> I Got feel it. like we're doing the episode with... Emily now we're, we're we're doing points and I'm I'm here for um, it. No, these points are going to carry over. We're we're just going song by song here. I unless you want to write them Thomas down. Thomas is going to try to retroactively beat me <laughs> from the other episode. Fuck yeah, I am. That one it's like you know when you have a canker sore and like you accidentally hit it with your tongue. That's how I feel every time more than a feeling is just on in my periphery. I'm like that again. We we can't move on to other music. It's just it's always with you. It's it's too much. But it's it's still a great song. Uh, we're going to move on now to <laughs> a very similar song, I, I guess. Uh, I Have the Tiger by Survivor, oh. 1982. No, no, fuck. Let's do get it. Get out of here with this. This is not, <laughs> uh, I don't know what category I put this in, but it's not in the last category of the last tune. This song is, you know, this always struck me as such an odd song because in Rocky, the Rocky theme is so much better than this. And it's so like, much better. oh, let's do Eye of the Tiger also. And it's like, no, no, we don't need that. Just give me the Rocky theme. Is this from the third It's from Rocky, Rocky movie? 3. Initially, right. uh, Sylvester Stallone wanted to use Another One Bites the Dust. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, when Queen said no, this was their second choice. Okay. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to share anything more uh, opinion-wise until we, we check this he out. He loves here. it. <laughs> Saving my opinion. <laughs> Saving my opinion. As if we need to show people what this sounds like. <laughs> Thank you. 
I just knew he'd be wearing a beret. <laughs> I don't want to undercut my own point, but I will say it started and I kind of was grooving a little bit. <laughs> video is horrible. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Real good. Horribly awesome. Oh, they turned a the corner. <laughs> They're really just getting those steps in. <laughs> There's a lot of those songs from that period where it's like, lyrically, it's just about like, trying hard to succeed. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> it's like working hard to do well. You want to make that sweet, sweet montage money. Wait, it's funny because they don't seem like they're working hard. All right, let's go around Robin. Uh, I don't like that one. I can't believe it. I'm in. Come on. Yeah, you are. I'm in. I know. I... You, sh you said I had the tiger, and I'm like, okay, obviously not in on it. And video aside, I was I was jamming. You fucking can, yeah. Even though you've heard it a million times, every it's shown up in movies, TV, like it's it's a trope. Weddings, all of its own, you know. And I'm never gonna get too tired of it. Um, you and I are in sync, my friend. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like. So I get that it's iconic. I mean, I hear it. It's it's you know, I. I get that vibe from it but i would not listen like more than a feeling i could listen to i could groove to it if it was on somewhere i might not seek it out but yeah this this song i don't think i would yeah there's something about eye of the tiger too that is it's like if someone saw me caught me listening to it i would be embarrassed <laughs> you know because you'd be shadow boxing probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what song i do actually love unironically is the song from rocky four called no easy way out there's no easy way is that out. when he's training in the yes. in the snow it's right. so it's good he, he lifts them up in like a sled yeah that's that's the one one that's the montage that's the best rocky montage hands down better than the him and creed training in three it's really good it's not my brother and i were arguing about this like a year ago <laughs> yes i think rocky four montage it's better because he runs up the mountain and he screams drago like it's just, he has the beard yes he got the beard to show the progression of time yeah that's the best that's the best one and i love that song this one I, not as much i don't want to tell you guys what to do with your podcast but a <laughs> rocky themed episode sounds prime for the making or just a rocky themed show hey tom <laughs> be the content you wish to see in the world <laughs> i just yeah. have the major pivot right now <laughs> uh yeah i the tiger it's goofy and dumb and it's just perfect jock 80s montage song that like it's never gonna sour for me and i i don't know if i can pinpoint it any better than that but it just it perfectly delivers for what it is they always talk about how well they're doing like in the streets in those songs <laughs> like how well you know you're being tough in the streets how well you're doing in the streets and like you just it, it's so <laughs> they didn't have the internet back then man yeah, right it so doesn't ring true when you see 
you know, these <laughs> kind of dudes walking around with their feathered beards. But yes. <laughs> I would love if they're talking about in the streets. I also want to hear how they're doing in the sheets. Just like in the sheets. Like yeah. A quick little update verse on what's going on there. <laughs> anyway, we're moving on to a new song now. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Low Rider by War. Oh, this is an interesting one. Yeah, I see what you're doing there with that. It's been in about 500 million different movies, uh, usually for like 10 seconds at a time as the character yeah. pulls up and they're decked out Riley Cora, they're their Cadillac yeah I, I already have a feeling about this one but yeah my you said lowrider when I went my internally I was like Ugh. and now I'm like playing it in my head right now and I'm excited to hear it all right here we go I mean, it's it's actually a great song, but it has yeah been thoroughly ruined. I feel. six minutes so uh thin leary it seems like you already uh shared your thoughts here yeah it's a it's a movie soundtrack movie a movie as a yeah movie soundtrack song uh uh commercial you know it, it's just a licensed to death they license that song to death tom how are we doing and you know it's 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 a it may be dead but it's a funeral i'm happy to go to because <laughs> it, it you're right it's in everything but i so it's very infrequent that I'll hear that song from start to finish. I'll maybe a little snippet in a show or something. Right. So just even hearing over a minute of it, I love it. It's great. It's fucking great. Are we three for three? Uh, so you're both down with that one too? Oh my God. Yeah. Again, <laughs> two, four, Jeez. one against. I keep uh, not agreeing with, uh, with Matt today. Interesting. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum. This song, I could hear it a hundred more times, a thousand more times. It's, it's just... Ah, it's a perfect groove it's just perfection incarnate that shout out to uh what's his face charles miller so he's the vocalist he's also playing that iconic awesome saxophone riff so good that really that i think that drives the, the song home for me that's the the first thing i think of probably and then you got that awesome bass line this song cannot be ruined it is one of the most licensed out played everywhere songs of all time and it's just it's impervious uh, to, to overexposure for me. But oddly enough, it's not overplayed on the radio, I don't think. I don't... Mm. 
maybe it is, and maybe I'm just not listening much these days, but it's not like I had the tiger and, and more than a feeling all they live. That's where they live on the radio, but low rider. I don't know if it's not popping up in a show I'm watching. Maybe I'm, maybe it's yeah. just not in my life enough. It's not uh, classic rock. Yeah, I would argue because its domain has become movie trailers and sure commercials and like it's sort of like has been it's it's licensed into a corner, and it brings up a question of like when do you as an artist need to limit that? Like when when does it start to actually hurt? Like the listenership, the actual listen, listenership of a song. If you're licensing it too much over the years, does it start to take away some of the listeners' ability to actually like tune into it outside of the context of uh, mm. wild hogs or whatever right. uh, it's being used in? One that I always think about in that context is that "Melt with You" song, and it's using like Friday's fajita sure. commercials. That. It's like, damn, that song has just been scorched through just one commercial. That could have made this list, yeah. That's a good yeah, call. Yeah, yeah. But no, we are ending things with, in my opinion, the number one most overplayed song of all time. We did this to ourselves. Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. Oh, wow. So you, you went in that direction. I mean, it's, it's what inspired this segment idea. It's like it's the platonic ideal of what I'm talking about, just... Totally. This song, and this song comes up in public settings all the time, karaoke, yeah. blasting it late night at a bar, like this just, it, it'll come and get you. <laughs> it'll get you. There are Journey <laughs> songs that I really like, because I like the quality of his voice. I mean, he's, he's kind of undeniably has a great voice, whether you like it or not, I don't know, but like, you know, really talented. I, I like... Um, Lights, when the lights go down in the city. That's a great song. And it's not overplayed. I like Love and Touch and Squeezing. It's a great song. Rough title. Tom, do you know uh, any of these songs? Yeah, you don't know Lights? That's like a, I, that one feels like wildly popular. Thomas wasn't allowed to listen to the radio growing up. <laughs> That's right. My bad. Fuckers. Uh, I don't, I personally, I don't know any Journey song besides Don't Stop Believing. I'm, I'm open to taking another. What about Faithfully? Mm. Maybe if I heard it, it's it's not ringing any bells. I do know Don't Stop Believing, though, if we want to check that out right now. We were just talking about the Sopranos finale. That's a good license. Oh, what plays in the Sopranos finale? Don't Stop Believing. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to picture They go. They transition from Boston to Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever I hear this opening piano riff, I just think of like a 49-year-old dude at a bar after like a long day at work bleeding out, bleeding his heart out. Older, older than that. 49 to 72. <laughs> Was this, this must have been a deli song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just a city boy. There is no South Detroit. <laughs> That's your only issue with the song. That's why he hates it. It's geographically impossible. Yeah, I mean, oh, I love that like random searing guitar part. A singer in a smoky room. <laughs> 
His voice is great, though. Yeah, it is. That's annoying. So, 18-year-old me, the song would come on, I'd be like, ah, fun. 29-year-old me, what is I said, more than a feeling we need to take that off the rotation for 10 years. We need to take a good fucking 25-year break mm. with Don't Stop Believing." We have overdone it. It's, it. it's punishment when I hear those piano chords at this point. I don't disagree with you, but listening to it now, it yeah. <laughs> there, there's a reason again. why it's everywhere it is a it's a great song they're just it's undeniable and listening to it there i gotta tell you i <laughs> i thought i was gonna be against it and i'm here i'm defending don't oh, stop believing it's also not the their fault way. yeah it's not their fault that every bar in the you know the country plays it every night it's it's just undeniable yeah i thought i was gonna uh I thought I felt the, w- the way you felt about it, Thomas. But then when it started playing, I was like, oh, there's like those little bass <laughs> licks. And uh, it's just, it's still, there's enough interesting things happening in it that I miss when it's playing and like Mulcahy's or whatever <laughs> bar I'm in. Uh, it's still enjoyable to me. Wow. So that means, Matt, you and I disagreed on all four of these choices. All of them. That's not shocking. And Tom, I guess with the exception of uh, Boston, you were down to clown with uh, with this collection today. I got sucked in, and you know, it's I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm going to go listen to "Don't Stop Believing" after we finish record today. It's never going to stop believing. Never going to stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, Tom, what have you been listening to this week? Listen, my opinion. Oh man, I mean, what haven't I been listening to? Um, <laughs> the all right, so what I was coming to the table with today is it's kind of cyclical for me. Around this time of year, I start thinking about a very specific thing that happens around May, June for a lot of people across the globe. And the summer? <laughs> It's the summer. Uh, it, <laughs> stupid. It's, it's called. <laughs> it's a little thing that not a lot of people know about. The summer. It's called the summer. Today no. we're talking about summer too. <laughs> not if you're Australian, though. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Great so. point, Thomas. <laughs> Great not annoying point. What does this devolve to? There's no such thing as South Detroit. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, so when I say graduation songs, mm. what do you all think of? Uh, mm. Vitamin C? Is that what she's called? <laughs> she, that is she, yes. Uh, that, I think of the Macho Man, Randy Savage's walkout music, uh, the Pomp and Circumstance. I was going to say Pomp and Circumstance. That's my That's only big one. thing I'm coming but, up with. D- well, let me, let me ask more like on a personal level, not specific songs, but... When you guys were growing up, did mm. the thought of like a graduation theme or an anthem for your class, or mm. did that mean anything to you? Did you care? Did people around you care? I'm a hard no on that front. No, he like, yeah, he didn't have that experience. It's I, a whole I think story, I, yeah. It's a long story, but he did not have that experience. For me, no. I mean, I 
yeah, I guess I, I didn't really identify with graduation songs. I was very eager to get out of high school. So I wasn't like, oh, like this is, I'm so wistful for whatever the tunes. And then college, I, I think I was sort of checked out with whatever Tom, the song is happening. The, the closest thing I can give you, there is definitely a particular album that I associate with this time of year. Like finally, oh, the beginning of summer, everything's sure. getting lush and green and exciting and warm. Uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion is locked in my mind. It's like a perfect like late May, nice early June accompaniment. Like Animal Collective in general, they're they're sure. early summer vibes for me. Yeah, Tom, I, you know what? Oh, go on. I, I thought of when you talk, brought up graduation music, and it's not graduation music, but it is like associated <laughs> with college. Is that stupid song? I love college. What? By uh, Asher Roth. Do you remember that shit? Very vaguely. What? I love college. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Rebecca Black Friday, but of college songs. College, kind college. Of. <laughs> Maybe it's it's probably slightly more respected than that, but it's like it's it's basically it samples Weezer's um, "Say It Ain't So," mm. right? And and it's not really sample. It's like that's the song, and then he <laughs> talks about college, how he sleeps late, and hooks up, and it's kind of the gist of the whole song and that was big around the time that i graduated and i, th- I thought of that one yeah no it, and the re I, so it's funny because for me i didn't necessarily care that much but i remember it being a big topic of conversation and even when i was it was eighth grade it was grammar school graduation and there was like a debate between a, like a few groups of people like what the class graduation song could be the first one was matt you mentioned it vitamin c's graduation was the title of it and it was battling uh green day is good riddance which i also think is a giant giant song marking that transition period and we spoiler alert we'll be listening to both today (laughs) oh can't wait (laughs) (laughs) does time of your life count that is that's good riddance time of your life yeah oh oh i'm down that's a that's a great example um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I guess my thesis or maybe more my, uh, my hope for today is that we can maybe come up with, I'll play a couple songs and maybe sure. we can agree that one of them would be the definitive graduation song, or I would like to hear some pitches of yours that could mark the end of a period for people that maybe feel nostalgia or moving on to a next chapter of their life. Uh, mm-hmm. and we'll go from there. Okay. That's good. Great. But I will start with, uh, the one that's a little bit on the nose, the one titled Graduation from Vitamin C. I had no idea that was the title of the song. You could you could have told me anything. I didn't think it, that was the title. It was of it. very specifically written for people to graduate. I mean, it's kind of like when someone tries to write a wedding song and then it becomes a wedding song. I mean, she they they hit it out of the park. It, <laughs> it landed. They nailed it. Um, so yeah, it's Vitamin C. Her name is Colleen Fitzpatrick. She's actually pretty interesting. She was a like child actor and she was in a couple she was she played Sonny Bono and Cher's daughter in the movie Hairspray she was Mm -hmm. in a band in the 90s that wasn't going so well created vitamin c nailed this song and then kind of petered out until she got hired as vice president for music production at Nickelodeon Studios Mm. wrote and produced songs for Miley Cyrus Selena Gomez Emma Roberts um And now she's a vice president at Netflix for hiring music supervisors wow. for TV shows. So go vitamin oh, C. Crazy. Her. Wow. Crazy career. And then she, she owns all those uh, supplement companies too. 
That's, <laughs> she really she crushed during the pandemic was her big right. where she really made her money minerals yeah um i don't know how to play the song for you guys <laughs> let's just think about what it sounds I like got it, i got it already here oh you have it great thank yeah. you so without further anything ado, to stop these dad jokes from uh, from our daddy jokes i should say the zaddy jokes President daddy <laughs> hey what can one can only hope right <laughs> I got that I Love College song stuck in my head now. We should play that at some point. If the video doesn't tell you, this came out in 1999. Oh. He remembers. You know this song? This, this is the Pachelbel's Cannon song, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know this shit. This is off Madonna's Ray of Light. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into this one. So is this, this is making you guys feel nostalgic for high school, for graduating? I have technically only ever graduated college, and I did not attend any ceremony for that. Well, so then this is a good this is a good intro into what high school was like. Oh yeah, this is exactly what it was. We all wore extremely bright pastel colors and looked thirty. I was yeah. not nostalgic for high yeah. school. This is like too, too nostalgic. You're gonna make a pop song. You're gonna make a pop song out of Paco Bell's Cannon. It's too stiff. It's too. I don't think it lends itself to a banger, personally. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. So I should have said beforehand. So the way that I kind of broke these songs down is this is the one that is. This is a song that is clearly written for right. graduation, and this mm -hmm. is my least favorite of the ones I'll be playing today. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so I should have maybe should have led with that. Yeah, in my opinion, it's only uphill from here. We'll see what you all think after that. But yeah, I, I found her story more interesting than the song, but it, it I felt like it needed to be included because I feel like this was like the kickoff of graduation type mm. anthems. Um but again, maybe that's just me because both of you seem to have no clear connection to to that. No, I I, I feel that like it's definitely I've I've heard of this song. I've heard this song. Put a gun in my head. What's the graduation song? Like I could see why you would pick this. Absolutely. Sounds like a crazy experience. Someone to do that to you. I think. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get why it's huge. I mean, I I, I understand what Tom, you're, uh, Thomas, you're saying about uh, Paco Bell's Cannon uh, being kind of stiff, but also it's like sort of already in people's consciousness. Like the melody is already out there and, and popular. It's Nice and convenient. Yeah, it's very smart. I, I think it was. This is a very competent way of addressing the problem of the zero pop songs that are in there for graduation music. I think they did a very competent job of doing that and clearly knocked it out of the park in terms of what people were looking for there. I think it was very smart, very calculated decisions that were made there. Yeah, I feel like they were filling a hole that just wasn't. That people didn't realize they needed to to fill was just that oh we can capitalize on just trying to pump out a song that will be forced to be played around this time of year for kind of people graduating from grammar school high school college whatever it is and that's why I feel like the next song I'm going to play is 
time of your life by Green Day because that wasn't written for graduation mm-hmm. or anything of that along those lines. But it came out, that was like 97, I think. And I feel like, I mean, it was in the last episode of Seinfeld. It, you know, it's, yeah, it's, well, Martin, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's it was so weirdly weird. sentimental, yeah. But for whatever reason, people like kind of made it the anthem of moving on and moving yeah. into the next stage of whatever the situation is for whoever it is. And yeah, this song is like ubiquitous with <laughs> high school graduation specifically for me. It's so funny that they play this at the end of Seinfeld. It's like, I, I, I guess I forgot that that happened. There was anything sentimental about the end of Seinfeld because <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is probably like the least sentimental human being that has ever lived. I love Seinfeld and they're all terrible to each other the whole series. So it's like, oh, what is this emotional note here? That's strange. I do want to know what, yeah, because I agree with you about Seinfeld being so, like the least sentimental. The only person maybe even more less sentimental is Larry David. So like, <laughs> sure. d- was, did he have a hand in this decision? Yeah. Like it seems oh. so made that choice. Yeah. Whose idea was choice. it? It's like playing it at the end of MASH or something. It's such an odd choice for this song. That'd be interesting. It would be. But I should also say, I do, I, I love this song. I think it's a great song. And I'm with you there. Yeah. It's really be, well written. Yeah, I'd be curious to talk about it in the context of just Green Day maybe after this. And like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people hated this song who were diehard Green Day fans, but we can get into it after we listen a bit. I love a good false start. <laughs> Another turning point of fork stuck in the I'm gonna miss you guys. <laughs> it's been real close. Love you guys. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos and memories. Dead skin on trial For what it's worth It was worth all the while It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Yeah um, Yeah, that's a great song It's really well written It kind of falls into the category of What Thomas was talking about earlier for me Where I just can't like I've heard it so many millions of times that it's hard for me to even see it as a song sure. anymore. But uh, yeah, no, totally. They And that album, Nimrod, I liked at the time. I really liked it when it came out. I liked the heavier songs on it. But, um, you know, obviously that's that's a good song. I know it was divisive in the Green Day community when it well, came out. It's a song Paul McCartney could have written for uh, Beatles for Sale. You know, it's sure. just, if you want pop punk Tony Hawk pro skater energy. <laughs> and that's what you go to Green Day for. That's kind of a letdown here in Good Riddance. Yeah, yeah there. It's funny you said Paul McCartney because I felt like when I was just like thinking, you know, for today's episode and kind of wanting to do this song, I couldn't help but like make connections to yesterday for my, you know, and I know it's yeah. not, you know, it's like even like the, it's just like Billy Joe Armstrong out there on his own 
doing like an acoustic thing where like the fan base maybe doesn't necessarily, you know, it's definitely pulling away from what they normally do. And then the strings are in there. And I just, you know, I'm not saying that they're one-to-one great songs, but, or like, you know, tit for tat, but I couldn't help but not think about yesterday when listening to this. Sure. Yeah. This song probably rounded them out in terms of their catalog and allowed them to become, you know, a never ending legacy act uh, for as long as they would like. I mean, it sort of just gave them enough of a, a depth of catalog where it's not just going to be one kind of individual or certain communities that are going to be into it, but like, you know, everybody, like a huge swath of the population. Yeah, there's a there is a quote that I was reading yesterday from Billy Joe Armstrong where he because it kind of talks about what we were talking about before with like the commercialized versions of these songs and how they're overplayed. And I think he was really struggling with releasing this song because he was getting so much pushback from the community, like the punk community specifically, in like the Berkeley area where they came out of where they were like, you guys are green, you know, fuck you guys. You went, you went on, you signed with this label and now you're creating these like pop acoustic songs. You're so against what you did. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. And like, I, I actually felt really bad for him. Whereas he's like, I really don't, I'm trying to find where the line of ambition and integrity is. And he's like, I don't know where it is. And it was in response to writing this song. <sighs> It's a great song, though. It's undeniable. So I agree. Shut up, Berkeley punks from the '90s. Like, yeah, he also had a great let the qu- guy present this. Another quote that he had about this was that he said, first and foremost, I look at myself as a songwriter and a punk second." And I was like, "Fuck mm. yeah, dude! You can tell." Yeah. yeah, I think that's clear. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Green Day, and <laughs> so the next one. So first song clearly written for graduation. Second song not written for graduation, but applies to the themes. Third song, not written for graduation, not really applies to the themes, but I think fits well. And it is a family song. And by family, I mean the Fast and Furious family. And See You Again <laughs> by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. Oh, is this used at graduations, though? I don't. Well, maybe it. I, I haven't been to a high school graduation in quite some time. <laughs> so. So I don't know. I will say I think it fits very well. And if it isn't used for one, I think it should. Because it is okay. written to commemorate, you know, and honor Paul Walker, who tragically died. So it's not like a one for one. Like, oh, I mean, it does definitely mark a transitional period. But the lyrics itself, I think, fit very well. And I don't know. I hear the opening piano chords, which we'll listen to in a moment. And I tear up. I I, I think it's a beautiful song that really marks um, a new chapter in life. Okay. I've only ever seen Tokyo Drift. Which is an amazing movie. I've seen that as well. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the only one I remember for some reason. That that one specifically was a punchline for t- for so long, but it's a good movie. If Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean we don't have to turn this into the Fast and Furious podcast. But you want to the, la- the latest one, Fast Ten, very good. <laughs> Man, they made ten of those. That's wild. And he becomes a cyborg, right? There, yeah, there, there well, is. they're just transformers now in that universe. Idris Elba is uh, in the Hobbs and Shaw movie, and he is like a bionic man. So he's like, <laughs> and he, he actually, it's it's pretty cool in terms of like an action movie where he's like a part metallic man, and he has a motorcycle that like magnetizes to him, so he could like jump off a building and land on the motorcycle perfectly. So they just turned it into transformers. Yeah, they did, just, and it and it works. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. It's funny knowing that it starts, it's like a indie movie street racing thing and Ludacris is in one of them and he's a mechanic in like the first installment he's in and by the third one, he's the world's greatest hacker. It's like a hilarious character progression. 
You can always expand your talents. Yes. But here, yeah, here's Wiz Khalifa's See You Again. I don't actually know what this song sounds like. Oh, you're in for a treat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know this one. It's been oh, yeah, I've heard this one too, yeah. Without you, my friend. Matt does not like and it. I'll tell you Matt, I, I know you're not enjoying this, but if you look at the bottom of the share screen, there's six billion people who disagree with you. That's not surprising. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. You know, just like high school, flying planes. Is this song written specifically for the Fast franchise? It was, yeah, they were they were hired to do it for the movie. So it's on the like, it's on the soundtrack as an original song. Switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. See you in a better place. how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side, and now you gonna be with me for the last ride. That hook is. I do prefer the Wiz Khalifa section. Oh yeah, that's not bad. This is insufferable. So they wrote this originally for Sam Smith, which you can, you know. That, I thought it was yeah. Sam Smith. <laughs> yeah. And Eminem turned down the Wiz Khalifa uh, part. That is. Thank part. you for stopping it before <laughs> that part. <laughs> I don't know how much more woe music I can listen to in my lifetime, but I'll be happy when that's gone. All right, t- I want to hear what 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 is so offensive to you in this track. Well, I uh, Matt Matt disliked it more than I. I think I don't like uh, Charlie Puth's voice. I don't like that style of vocals, and it it's like it's there's too much focus already on oh what can I do with my range and and my voice, and but I hear auto tune on top of that, which is weird. And yeah, man. It's, it's so the Wiz Khalifa stuff was fine. It, yeah, that's it, fine. That's fine. It's not music I typically listen to. It didn't really leave much of an impact on me one way or the other. But uh, yeah, I, I Thinlayer seemed to carry a little bit more vitriol. I did. Yeah. No, the Wiz Khalifa part was fine. Like it was just whatever. Uh, that Charlie Puth singing where it's like singing to make a hit or something is just so not musical to me. It, it so doesn't reach the part of me that loves music and the reasons I love music where it's like... And it's so samey. I'm just watching American Idol when I listen to that song in that part is where it's just like music as like um, Olympic exercise or something. Like it's just so... It's not artistic. It doesn't really scratch the itch of like why I would approach a song. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a more... Look, look what I can do as opposed to like... Look how, right, it's, yeah. it's the same way I feel when somebody's like, you know, tapping on a guitar and the song isn't there, the melody's not there, or there's no inspiration behind it. It's just sort of, you know, histrionics and doesn't grab me. And it sounds like a hundred thousand things you've already heard. Like it just immediately just blends in with the rest of the... Everybody else who's trying that hard. Like it's, there's nothing about it that truly sticks out. It's just boring... But I think it'd be perfect for graduation. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, you know, I think part of my connection to it clearly has to do with my uh, love for Fast and Furious. And that song 
hitting at the point in the movie when it hits and that's yeah. that was the first time i heard it so I, I i can acknowledge that context yeah the context for me is more meaningful um that that's not a song that i will just throw on and listen to but you know even when they're showing the video now on the share screen and i'm seeing the clips from the movie i'm like oh it's, getting it's, emotional yeah. it's pulling at my heartstrings yeah 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 i got a couple of graduation songs that you are you done can i, I have some? one more that is not okay it's not so this is going to be so those three are ones that I feel like could very well associate with graduation. This one it does not, but I think is my pitch what I think the graduation anthem should be. Um, so I want to hear your pitches, but maybe we do this and then we go into that. Okay, so sure. I think what I think would fit perfectly because this song, I think, speaks to the uncertainties in life and wanting to feel like you're grown up. And then also once you're there, wishing for those days of you know, those quote unquote glory days. Um, and this glory song is fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's glory days. Um, but this song is is sad. It's fun. Uh, it's nostalgic. It's scary. And it is scary. LCD sound system. All my friends is oh, my, totally. my pitch yeah. for the graduation uh-huh. anthem. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great choice. The only thing I'd say about it is it's for... <laughs> a very specific person that's graduating. Like, I, I think if you had a great time in school, like in school collectively, like with a large group of people, sure. or like you're connected to the institution in some way, I don't know if you'd gravitate towards this because this is like, this is buddies in a basement. We're talking about like a small, it's a small group that you found, this one, which I think is what the, resonates Your own with, little click, a hipster right. thing I think or that, no? Not necessarily. Yeah, that's why I did choose this song, though, because I do think, like, there's the stereotype of what high school is supposed to be, and it's these big parties and going to the big football game and blah, blah, blah. Right. But in essence, that really isn't what those years are for. I think more people are those small cliques of people in the basement enjoying each other's company, and this song is that to me. And I also think this song is very powerful, like on a solo basis. I, I, the amount of times I've listened to this song by myself and just felt like very comforted by it, um, but also still felt nostalgic for those years. It's a very, James Murphy does something very, it's hard to explain what he does in this song, except that he, he made something that's really beautiful in a, in a happy and sad way in one tune, I think. I also like, this is a small note in this song, the fact that the piano keeps like speeding up and slowing down, I think. It's a great, perhaps unintentional touch, but seems like something James Murphy was just like, oh, let's play this and make it seem organic. He's conscious of every single aspect, I gotta believe. Blip and blop, yeah. That's how it starts. We go back to you.
Yeah. That's a good tasteful choice. It's a tasteful choice. That's a that's a good word for it. Do you remember when we almost died in Italy and LCD Sound System was playing because it, it our was this driver, song? Yeah, we were. It was a show we were driving to late at night, and this song was on, and uh, it almost put the driver to sleep because I, <laughs> not because I think he was bored by it, because it's so like rhythmically hypnotic. So he swerved the car and then was like, "Hey, can we change the music to something else?" Yeah, um, it, you can. <laughs> It was the and it was the it was the album version. So that opening piano is a lot more. It's like it, yeah. maybe like a minute and a half, two minutes long. So it's just like dun, 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 dun. and he's just like yeah, he swerved and he's like we got drifted off the road. This. Yeah. yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, some other songs that I associate with graduation. I'm not saying they're great graduation songs necessarily, uh, but just tunes that I associate with the act is one that fun song. We are young. Ah. I I was uh, that was I was considering it, but I just not I don't know, it doesn't do it for me just enough. Um that song and the other one is uh Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve. Uh, Damn, yeah, that That's a good th- call. Cause that's also played during during the end of Cruel Intentions, which I think is a graduation scene. The finest graduation movie. Cruel Intentions. That's a good one. Yeah, I just picture people throwing their their mortar boards in the air. Sure. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm picturing too like playing this during, like the, the gar- act. Of yeah, the act of graduating, yeah. but more the symbolism of graduating and that right. time period. And yeah, I do think you know I think Tommy Revive does it well. I like see you again, but I also know that's not for every non fast and furious fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think all my friends does a great job at capturing how unique that time is and how scary it is but how fun and exciting so yeah i don't know that, that that's my pitch in my little uh that's solid my little that's an thesis. excellent choice thank you it's, it's a great choice well the, the 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 truth of it is there is a particular niagara moon song that does fit in this category called marching on uh hell no i'm not uh sharing that with y'all right now but just sing an acapella <laughs> for us uh, well, there is a uh, triple harmony in one part. Uh, oh. The other song... Was well, so you asking us to join in? <laughs> the other song I thought of was You Don't Have to Go to College by Animal Collective. Amen to that. Oh, wow. You managed to find a way to work Animal Collective into this <laughs> discussion. The song I thought of was Leaf House. That's what I think of when I... <laughs> I'm, gra- I'm thinking about graduation. I think All My Friends is actually a great choice because yeah. it's like popular enough... And maybe mainstream just enough where maybe it could work and become like that song. And I think probably more often than not, people are having that kind of uh, click-like experience than plugging into their whole institution. But maybe I'm wrong. Vitamin C one's perfectly fine too. It's a perfectly competent song. It's not offensive to me. Yeah. In the way Charlie Puth's uh, <laughs> singing was. Now, if it was Sam Smith, total different ball game. <laughs> Well, what did we all learn here today? Speaking of graduation, that I, yeah, that I barely remember my graduations, uh, but that Boston's more than a feeling is a tight song, and that journey, I just, I, I, yeah, I like Steve Perry's voice. It's good. Damn it, you're the reason it's still on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that over Carnival Nine any day of the week. Well, yeah, that's a whole other situation. I think I learned that. 
Eye of the Tiger shocked me, and I'm here for it, and that y'all need to watch more Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, I learned that Fast and Furious has its own official, that they're getting into the the theme song biz. I'm surprised they didn't go full James Bond style and have a different, you know, with each entry, like have a different opening sequence of the different... Uh, guest artist doing the theme. Yeah. Missed I think I'm looking at the, the two artists that should do well, the we gotta, next one. <laughs> right. We got to submit. We have to submit for this. Let's get the year of vitamin C. We'll have her submit us. It's all coming together. To license our song. You guys could be the Nancy Sinatras of, uh, of the Fast and Furious franchise. We're the Nancy Sinatras of podcasting. <laughs> Who's our dad then? What does that mean? You guys, you guys are your own zaddies. We're our own zaddies. I'm. It's like that song on my own grandpa. It's on my own zaddy. No, you're staying. I'm not calling you zaddy. We're we're staying sticking with daddy. <laughs> well, folks, if you enjoyed this episode of Losing My Opinion, go ahead and leave us a nice rating or a review. You can follow Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, all at Losing My Opinion. And uh, don't stop believing. It needs to go away for a couple decades. Mm. Oh. I thought you were going to say something motivational. (laughs) And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. That just sounded like Randy Newman. I thought you were going to do like a Steve Perry. I identify more vocally with Newman (laughs) than Perry. I identify more with him as a human being, probably just in general. But yeah. And uh, either of you gentlemen uh, have anything you want to mention, plug uh, at this juncture? I would like to plug my show coming up on June 6th. If you're in the New York City vicinity, it's in the East Village at a venue called Heaven Can Wait, opening for Gringo Gringo Star. Star. That's right. I'll be there playing tunes. Come and say hi, and we can talk about what you hate about this podcast. And I'm going to be there also supporting Thinlier. So, yeah, come tell me what you hate about my opinions. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Tom, for being here. Yeah. For bringing us yet another intriguing discussion I think you know what you have to do now with Rocky music for the next episode. <laughs> I would encourage, can we, when we play out, can we play that Rocky song I'm talking about, No Easy Way Out? Sure. Because I feel like yeah. that song it's good. is really good. And he like he's lifting a sled. Like this just, it's great. All of it is great. Sounds like an easy way out to me. And I'll say so long, suckers. Have yourselves an easy way out. <laughs> Bye. There's no way.